1: Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros.
2: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball, continuing the most epic week ever. Uh, This is what, Thursday? So it's Monday, Tuesday. This is episode number four. We still got three more to go after this. Uh, our guest tonight, coming back for his fourth time on the podcast, uh, Francisco Romero. Francisco, what's up, buddy?
0: Hey, thanks for having me on again. Uh, uh, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And uh, an epic week it has been. I've, I have really enjoyed uh, listening to my co-workers uh, in a different way.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a dream come true getting to speak to all of you, and especially getting to speak to you uh, this evening. Because um, I know that you've, I mean, just looking and upon doing my research, I mean, you've, you're the probably the hardest working man in broadcast. I uh, gosh, I just I don't even know where to begin. But um, I guess I'll start off by saying. Uh, I guess I'll start off at the beginning um, so I know that you crossed, oh, you crossed oh, the border when you were 12 and that your dad was a U.S. citizen um, but in crossing uh, what would walk us like how was that process for you and what set of challenges that did that come from what was, what was that experience like for you?
0: Well, I was I was born in a border town in Nogales, Mexico, and it borders with Nogales, Arizona. So we grew up in a unique culture, a border, border culture, with both sides of the uh, border, speak English and Spanish. And so the people on the U.S. side are, uh, you know, very in tune with the Mexican culture, and the residents of the Mexican side are very in tune with the American culture. So we grew up... Uh, uh, watching baseball, playing baseball. My dad worked in the U.S., and we lived in the Mexican side. So that that uh, happens a lot. So that's how I grew up, um, speaking a little bit of English, not much, but watching English TV. And then my family decided that it was time to move full-time to the United States at 12 years old. So we did make the move, and I would watch uh, the Game of the Week on NBC every Saturday. And I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but it was pretty neat to to watch the games on TV and watch the green grass of the stadiums. And that was one of my dreams, thinking about uh, saying to myself, before I die, I'd like to step on one of those green fields, baseball fields. And so that was one of my dreams when I crossed the border, you know, still uh, dreaming of playing baseball and, and being involved in it because it was the Fernando Venezuela era. So I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but that's how I... Uh, and i happened to come to this country with those thoughts he
2: talked about playing uh, he talked about playing baseball as a kid and this is just a story that he told me before and i'll never forget it michelle his favorite player i guess was pete rose and he would pretend like he was uh, pete rose
0: but he would call himself frank rose frank
1: rose <laughs> yeah. i love it i love but, it
0: that was that was when the big red machine, and so we were little kids in the in seventy six, seventy seven, and so yeah, I would want to uh, you know model my batting sense like Pete Rose and and he you know we just loved the big red machine at that time. Although Fernando was the one who after that we looked up to, but but yeah, Pete Rose was one of my favorite. Actually, well, he was my first favorite baseball player. That's
1: gosh. I mean, what what a guy to model your batting stance after, too. Um, I know that uh, when you were talking about uh, in previous interviews, you talked about when you were um, learning, uh, trying to learn uh, more English, you would listen to the Vince Scully. uh, You would listen to Vince Scully.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you that story. It's a long story short. uh, My brother and I got here in 1981 during the summer. And uh, that was when Fernando was very hot, the beginning of Fernando Mania. And so we crossed the border, and we get to Tucson, Arizona, and we want to listen to the games. We couldn't watch the games because they weren't on TV every day. But we, we just couldn't find a game in Spanish on the radio, and we'd be playing ball all summer long because we weren't going to school. All of a sudden, my brother calls me, and he, he yells at me. He says, hey, Pancho, he goes, come here. He goes, the Dodgers are on the radio. I go, the Dodgers? He goes, yes. And then we started listening, and we heard the names. Say, Garvey, you know, Loves, uh, Bill Russell, Gary uh, Rose, And they we're like, yeah, those are the Dodgers. And little did we know that it was a great Ben Scully calling the games. So we listened to the games for the, the whole summer. And then they got to play the Yankees in the World Series. That was the year of the strike. So we didn't miss a game for like three or four straight years. And, uh, you know, we were listening to the greatest – a broadcaster of all time, Vince Scully, and, and I got to go to school in September, and by that time, by the World Series time, I could understand everything uh, the broadcasters were talking about, so I, I pretty much got my start my first English lessons through Vince Scully.
2: So if we want to learn Spanish, we should watch Spanish broadcasting uh, baseball games?
0: Yeah, you should listen to Francisco and Alex and (laughs) and Astro's games. (laughs) I have.
1: That's how we... um, So what was your first... um, So I know that uh, when you went to the University of Arizona, you thought that you might run for office, and prior to getting into broadcasting, you you worked in the public health industry, but what really sparked the transition from that, from uh, where you were working in the public health industry, to broadcasting, to sports? Because I know you said you grew, grew up, you know, uh, playing baseball, uh, listening to Vince school to learn English, but what um, what really was the catalyst for the transition into broadcasting?
0: Well, um, I went to the University of Arizona, but while at the University of Arizona, while I was a student. I was a receptionist for the Pima County Board of Supervisors, so I was answering phones, and I learned a lot. That was great schooling because uh, we got—I got to hear from a lot of people, from the little league coach all the way to even, uh, you know, President Clinton was, you know, visited Pima County once. So I got to uh, hear from everybody, and so that inspired me to. Uh, major in political science. Changed my major to political science, and went around for office because I would work in campaigns. I would volunteer for the county supervisors of uh, uh, you know when I wasn't working. I would work in their campaigns. So that inspired me. And at the same time, I did a fellowship through the Graduate College at the University of Arizona about environmental racism. So I got into public health, and I was able to once I graduated to work in public health. And then Pima County recruited me to work for the Pima County Environmental Quality Department. But so that's, that's where my career was heading for public health. But once the Diamondbacks came into the picture, I told myself, hey, i like to work for baseball. And that's where it all changed. Uh, a television station, Telemundo, hired uh, what was uh, just starting. And so I had a friend there. And he said, hey, you, you know, sports, you talk a lot. We, we like to, you know, we have an opening for someone who to do sports uh, part time. So while working at the, uh, at the Department of Environmental Quality, I joined the Telemundo station and then the d came into the picture. And I was recruited by the AAA team to be their uh, broadcaster and the director of Hispanic marketing. So that's when I left politics and government and all that to go full-time into sports.
1: And uh, now is that transition one that you are, would you say that was the, you don't regret when you look back at the, that pivotal point, um, is that something that you are just, without a shadow of a doubt, do not regret doing or do you see yourself in any other industry besides broadcasting at this point?
0: No, I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. It's been a great journey for my family and I. I mean, uh, having gone through a couple World Series, World Series Championship uh, baseball seasons, so our our baseball is not work. Baseball is not a it's not a career. It's a lifestyle. So we have to get mm-hmm. used to it as a family. And so the journey has been great. And although I have still I still have passion for for government and for uh, you know, uh, that industry in, in 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 public health. But again, I have no doubt that I, I we made the right decision. And yes, I see myself maybe later on in life running for office or maybe teaching a class. Oops, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's my that's Lola right there. But uh, hello, but hello. that, that <laughs> but that's where I see myself maybe in the near future, uh, Maybe teaching a, a class or running for office or something like that, so I still have uh, uh, you know uh, aspirations to do other stuff besides broadcasting, but broadcasting has been uh, has been great to me
1: right so you said that you were interested in doing teaching I know that um you uh were doing uh, you taught uh, um e s l classes for some of the players um
0: like, exactly.
1: Um, at, during, like after you know, they 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 had um, during spring training for some of the uh, for some of the teams that you've worked with uh, previously.
0: Yeah, I worked for the White Sox, and uh, and the Diamondbacks. See, the the complex for the Tucson side one, the Triple A team, is where the Dbacks and the White Sox used to train. So both teams train there, one on one side and one on the other side. So on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I would teach English to the. Diamondback players and then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would teach English to the White side players during what they call extended spring training and instructional league, right before they go to short season, and then right after the season they have instructional. So I would teach English to to both uh, teams, and you know a lot of a lot of players made it to the majors. Uh, Jose Valverde, Oscar Villarreal, uh, you know, there's a quite a few players who made it to the majors. They they, I still see them, and they don't know my name. They just call me teacher. So that's pretty funny.
1: Teacher, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I know that you're the only Spanish broadcaster to um broadcast or do play-by-play calls for six different teams. Um, and knowing that, do you think that the MLB is uh behind the curve uh with their uh, with visibility for Spanish broadcasters? Because I.
0: You know what? Uh, the, the, there's a big effort in Major League Baseball to reach the Hispanic community, the Hispanic market. I still they're still a little bit short because I, I like to say sometimes we fall on the short end of the stick for a lot of things. Uh, I think they are trying; they're making an effort uh, because their marketing uh, in Spanish is uh, the last few years have, have improved has improved so much. You know, with social media, they really put a great effort in. Uh, in making sure the Hispanic Spanish-speaking fans can get their uh, Twitter's, or their Instagram, their Facebook, and in their language, so they've done a great job in terms of broadcasters. I think all 30 teams need to have Spanish broadcasters. Yes, we live in the United States; uh, uh, English is spoken here, but there's a lot of fans from all over the world, and even with uh, the within the United States. That most of, of these fans like to listen in Spanish in their native language, and uh you know maybe it's the way we broadcast, maybe it's the way they grew up but uh but I think all thirty teams need to make an effort in and uh, you know have some, uh, their broadcast in spanish
1: you got to make um you got to make three uh debuts three spanish broadcast debuts um How meaningful was it to be able to do that for? three different teams, and could you kind of just walk, like, what was the feeling when you got them? I mean, you
0: got to do uh, that. It's pretty neat, especially when you get to broadcast the first Spanish game for the Cincinnati Reds, talking about Pete Rose, talking about all that history, the oldest uh, franchise or professional baseball team in the circuit. That was pretty cool, and so uh, you know, that was pretty neat to be in Cincinnati and thinking about how I remember in the eighties, they had a parade when the Reds started the season. And now that's that tradition. And to get to broadcast a game in Cincinnati was, was, was pretty cool. And then we got to broadcast, uh, for the first time for the Kansas city Royals. And it was a dual game because we were with the Astros, but they asked us to start the broadcast there. So we had to be very, very neutral. And so that was, that was pretty neat to do that, uh, But again, going back to the Cincinnati Reds, that was, uh, I think, historic in some kind of way because no one had ever done uh, that for the Reds.
1: Was it really cool? I mean, considering you modeled your stance after Pete Rose, was it really cool to get to call games for it?
0: Yeah, especially looking at the Rose Garden there and, you know, the big red machine. And then it was was pretty neat. And the best thing is that my broadcast partner was Hill Aradia. Hilareya is from Nogales, Arizona, and I was born in Nogales, Sonora, and so Hilareya was, you know, former Giants pitcher. He went with me to do the to do the game, so it was pretty cool. It was it was pretty neat.
1: Rob, I don't want to like. Is it okay that I'm asking all the? I just don't want to do all the talking or step on your toes if you wanted to say anything.
2: uh, I'm just kicking back listening to this amazing story. You keep going.
1: Okay. You're,
2: you're doing a good job. Keep going.
1: Awesome. Um, no, um, do you think that you have, uh, when it comes to opportunities within broadcasting, do you think that you've, um, are there any examples that you can point to where you have felt disrespected within your Since your tenure with the Astros, have you felt disrespected by anyone or felt disrespected by being denied opportunities? uh,
0: You know, I'm going to tell you one thing. Uh, In my career, uh, personally, I think I have have, uh, worked towards getting to where I want because when I first started in media, and maybe because I, I I I didn't have experience in media when I first started, uh, I I opened um, or I knocked on doors. For instance, the way we started broadcasting University of Arizona games was because we would go to the games, and we 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 would ask for credentials, and we were, you know, we thought that we weren't um, given uh, a lot of respect. So what happened is we. I took along with me about four or five Spanish media members, and we knocked on Jim Good's door, at that time the athletic director for the University of Arizona. And we talked to him. We told him, hey, we're here to do a job. Hey, we're here to cover the games. And he, he was very well, uh, you know, he, 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 he received us very well. And we asked him, how can we broadcast one basketball game? So he directed us on how to do it. And then they called us and they said, would you like to broadcast the rest of the games? And then they called us and they asked, we wanted to practice football, Arizona football. So uh, by knocking on doors, I think um, I I haven't had the, my the doors shut down on me a lot. I I don't know if I've been lucky or what, but I have knocked on doors and I have asked and I have given ideas. And yes, yeah, sometimes uh, our, my ideas or our ideas are not taking a while. But but um, you know by working hard, by showing that what we can do. By th- th- that's how I've been, a- been able to open the doors for me to get to where I'm at. And with the Astros uh, in 2008, I was also doing the broadcasting uh, Brewers and Twins games at the same time, right before the Astros, and the Twins offered me a full-time job. And then I said no because I wanted to be a full-time broadcaster, with the, w- and then I s- accepted the Astros. And it, it, it w- I went through a process of interviewing of course, and, uh, and, and my credentials show that uh, you know what I'm doing is very serious and, 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 and I'm just like anybody else. Like uh, I, I went to college, I worked hard, I learned. And so I, I have never been mistreated on the contrary, but I think there's a lot more things that, uh, that the front offices have to realize that, that our product is very good, that our product is first class that, that we take this very serious, and and that we respect what, be, what being on the air is. I think that's one of the most important things: respecting your audience, giving them the best. So I think um, I, I've done that, and and earned the respect of who I worked for. So I feel very good about it. And every day, you know, you have to keep learning, and and try to be the best.
1: Well, you said um, you mentioned a few times about hard work. Do you feel like that um, you've had to fight harder or work harder for opportunities as opposed to you know some of your English language uh, counterparts?
0: Or well you know, let me tell you this whether I have to have done it or not, I don't know, but check this out and, and I just think about it right now. In 2004, I got married, okay but in 2004, I was, I had my sportscaster job with Telemundo and my news sportscast came out at five and 10. I was broadcasting Brewers and Twins games and some Reds games. I was doing the halftime report for the Arizona Cardinals and I was broadcasting Arizona football and Arizona basketball. And so oh my, God. my wife and I had to make an appointment or to go through our schedules. To go grocery shopping, <laughs> but <laughs> I I enjoyed every bit of it because I would I would broadcast the Milwaukee games, the Brewers games when they were home. Uh, every every home game on a weekend, I was in Milwaukee, and then I was doing when I wasn't in Milwaukee on the weekend, I was in Minnesota doing the Twins games, and then I would and then I did some Reds games, and then uh, I would do on Sundays the Arizona Cardinals halftime report, and then Arizona basketball and Arizona football. And I remember getting an award for perfect attendance at Telemundo. I'm like, wow, how'd I do this? And so, <laughs> whether I had to work harder or not, I really enjoyed what I what I did. And so,
2: hey, yeah. go ahead. Hey, I, I want to ask you a question. Just jump in here real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, would, are you interested in doing any games in
0: English? You know what? Um, I I would. And uh, I actually, with the, the University of Arizona, twice the football team in a ball has had to play at the same time the basketball team is about to play. So twice I was about to go on the air when the English broadcaster came, made it on time. So, I and, and, uh, and football once. But I, I would be interested in... Uh, in winter ball there's been some opportunities to broadcast in english uh but so so there has been an interest and in, and i wouldn't mind doing it i know my accent is not the, the best but uh, but i wouldn't mind broadcasting in english
1: heck i'd love to uh, see you in the booth with uh bummer and tk uh that would be amazing um i wanted to know i know uh At the end of February, around February 22nd, it came out that um, Kevin Mather uh, made some pretty disparaging comments about, I mean, he brought up two players in particular, and and I know this isn't Astros related, um, but he did bring out, uh, he spoke about uh, one of the minor league outfielders in their organization, Julio Rodriguez. Um, and he made some, and he went on to like uh, to make some other disparaging comments about uh, some of their players and their or in their organizations, their academies in the Dominican Republic, and you know some of their uh, camps and academies in other countries. Um, how when those I don't know if he had uh, had kept up on any of that, but when those comments were made, did that how did that make you feel, or and what? kind of what did that evoke as somebody who has worked really hard to you know open doors and knock down doors as a Spanish language broadcaster how did that make you feel
0: well you know just like anything else there's some ignorant people out there and so I don't want (laughs) to call that to anybody but there are some people who really don't understand um and, and and so I've been very proud of what I've done I've been very proud of teaching English to those players who were kids at that time, and 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 you have to understand them because sometimes it's not just the language, but also the culture barrier. And so, so I'm not going to mention name, but one of the players I taught English to when he was in the majors, he was criticized a lot for not wanting to talk to the press or not saying the same thing. But sometimes the press doesn't understand that 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 player has a different upbringing, different customs. He might be shy, might be embarrassed to say something. So uh, th- that's, you have to really know the root of where people are coming from. And, and those kids that I taught English to, it's amazing how they had their baseball talent, but at the same time, they had to learn English, and they had to learn another culture, and they had to learn how to behave in, in this country. They had to learn how to uh, spend money, how to order food. So you really have to live it. And, and so you can't just be making comments randomly about something that you really don't know. And so... And when you really live there, when you really have seen it, I remember sometimes I would have to buy pizza and sodas for those guys order so they could uh, pay attention while learning English because, you know, they had to wake up in the morning, go through their workouts during the summer and then come back to learn English because they had to. And and so it, it it's amazing what they go through, but, uh, but it's more amazing when they make it and they can shut people up and they can be successful, not only with their baseball skills, but also with their managing their, their new language. So, so that that's high ticky. If people don't know what they're talking about, they just shouldn't talk about it. And, and, and these kids are amazing. And, and once they, they sign those big contracts and I mean, you're so happy for them. You root for them because you've seen what they went through.
1: Now, do you think that there could, um, that there could be improvement in the, Because it's something, me personally, that I'm passionate about. I would love to see this improve. But what kind of improvement would you like to see uh, in conditions for some of these younger players? Well,
0: you know what? Asking, I I always ask uh, the Astros staff uh, how they're doing in Dominican, and, and, and they do a very good job. Actually, the Astros, I can talk about the Astros, and in, and in, in some of the minor league players that I know, uh, you know, some of them are getting their GDS, some of them are learning English, and and the Astros have, uh, from what they've told me, they 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 have a rewarding um, a system where these players are made feel good. They're given uh, awards or certificates, and and even one one of my a good buddy of mine who's in the was in Dominican he was given one of the uh, giveaway rings, championship rings as a prize because he finished a project or something like that. So they, they get motivated. So I think as far as the Astros, go, are doing a great job motivating the kids with the school and, and 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 you know, for those who haven't finished their high school, finishing their GD. So I think they're, 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 it's a lot better than what it used to be. And so, I mean, I wasn't a minor league player, but I, I taught English, so I saw a little bit of that. And I heard from them. But I think that's not every, there's, there needs to be improvement everywhere. But I think they're, they're doing a good job of, of bringing these kids up, at least what the Astros are doing. And, and, uh, and you know, that, that, that makes you feel good. And these kids are be, uh, being treated well.
1: Um, have you had the opportunity to forge any um, uh, relationships or friendships with some of the players uh, since uh, starting your tenure?
0: with the Astros? Well, it's, it's like family. I mean, it's uh, uh like I told you before, working in baseball is not a job. It's a lifestyle. And uh, I, I don't have any relationship where you can say, okay, I'm going to go to dinner every night with such and such players. But my daughter has seen, uh, you know, how and Marvin Gonzalez and she was a little kid and she says hi to them. And, 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 and so we, you know, there, there, there's a bond between uh players and, and 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 staff and you know so so yes we, we've grown up uh i want to say in a, like in the family atmosphere with the family atmosphere within the organization though that is pretty neat that is pretty neat uh i remember felipe paulino um you know when he was with the astros and, and, and my daughter was young and you know reaching out to her and stuff like that so yes you did you develop some kind of uh Family atmosphere, atmosphere, relationship with the players. Um,
1: I think that I am, uh, and I, I, I don't want to keep you too long because I want to be very respectful of your time. Um, what uh, if you have? Because I know that um, there are many young aspiring uh, Spanish language broadcasters out there. Is there what? words of wisdom or what could you impart to them or what's like the most important things you think that they should know uh, when trying to get into this
0: business? Well, first of all, with the technology nowadays, I think the first thing they should do is just uh, uh, open up your YouTube channel and start or a podcast and just start getting on the air. The most difficult thing uh, is getting on the air, especially when a, let's say 10 15 20 years ago when i started uh, i mean i was i knocked on so many doors that uh, i don't like i told you i don't know if i was lucky or not but i was for instance in Tucson Arizona i was the only one doing spanish sports on tv and print and in radio at, at one point in time but just because i went for it just because i i i never asked anybody i just did it and they offered it to me so i you know hard work school education most of all, but technology nowadays gives everyone a chance to prove their skills and to improve them. So, take advantage of what's ahead in front of you uh, and and just do it. It's uh, Just get on the air and and be responsible, most of all, but get educated and well-informed and work hard. Do
1: you have any I mean Uh, there's obviously been some very historic things you've done you're a pioneer in the spanish broadcast world in the mlb in particular um what are some very memorable moments just spanning your very lengthy career what are some memorable moments that you'd like to share with us
0: well number one has to be the world series number one has to be the world series and that my family was there to experience it with me, two World Series with the Astros. So that has to be number one. And the other one is uh, having my dad go and uh, spend time in the broadcast booth with me. Uh, my dad used to take us to the games when I was five, four, five years old in Nogales, Mexico. We'd get there two hours before game time, and uh, we'd watch batting practice. We'd get we'd sit in the first row with the transistor radio listening to the game while the game was going on. So that was pretty cool. And so having my dad at Menomate Park and the broadcast booth and on the field was pretty exciting. But the whole journey has been has been the dream come true. And even uh, I got to experience the Diamondbacks uh, World Series back in 2001 and uh, broadcasting for the Arizona Wildcats, you know, my alma mater. That's been pretty exciting, pretty cool. So I've got to live the a lot of things but number 1 has to be being part of the Astros and winning the World Series in 2017. Hey, can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. I I know, you know you do
2: the 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 Astro games during baseball season, but you live in Arizona. So does your family come and you, do you all come and go and stay in Houston during the season?
0: Exactly. This is how it works. Well, I live for the for the the season and uh and then my daughter my my wife catch up to me once she's out of school so they stay in houston up until right before she goes back to school but this year we're actually in a couple of weeks moving completely to houston so we'll be there a year round and uh and so we'll be putting up our house here for airbnb so if you're interested (laughs) so (laughs) That's what's gonna happen. I just want to come the, over to your house and eat. I, I oh, see the pic, I see the pictures you post. That's kind. Of, that's
2: what I do too. You know. But yeah, you,
0: you you have some nice looking dishes on there. My wife's a great cook, and uh, and so she, the way she presents it, it's like a restaurant every day here. So yes. even if it's just a, a dessert or something, <laughs> so I, I get to enjoy that a lot.
1: Yeah, I've got to say, I was going through some of the stuff that you posted and i was like dang i i, I got hungry looking at some of
0: the pictures <laughs> <laughs> right it lo- it looks like a magazine it doesn't even look real <laughs> and plus it tastes great once we're in houston i'll invite you guys over so my wife can make something really good for you guys that'll be awesome Gosh, yeah.
1: I, I think that um uh, i don't want to take up too much more of your time i know that uh I, I, it's just been a delight, just been a pleasure getting to talk to you. It's a great first introduction, and I hope that, you know, we keep uh, s- uh, seeing you come back. And um, what, uh, what did you uh, see, what do you envision for the upcoming season for the Astros? Who do you think is going to make a big impact?
0: You know what, it, um, I think the young pitchers are going to make a big impact. We have a great lineup. And uh, Rob was talking about it with uh, Alex yesterday on the podcast, and I agree with both of you guys. It's still a great lineup, and the the Astros are, are snow sleepers. There, I think they're still the favorites to to win the division. Oakland made some late moves that made him a better team, but I think the Astros are still the team to beat. But I'm 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 I'm, I can't, I'm if I was a betting man, I would bet that some of those young pitchers are going to make a huge impact with the Astros. And remember, some of them will not be pitching 150 innings, so we'll see a lot of them again. I think we saw 10 rookies last year, and so uh, they'll make a good impact. I hope uh, Jordan Alvarez is healthy. If he is, uh, it'll be huge for the Astros, but the core of Correa, Altuve, Bregman is going to be there in in Yuli. So it's still an exciting team. Great players, and I still think that we are the team to beat. Hey, did you hear the big news today, if anybody
2: didn't hear about it, Framber Valdez uh, fractured his finger, and he, he may have surgery and be out for the whole season. How how big of an impact
0: is that going to have? It, it's a huge impact because he, last year, he, you know, he came out of the bubble, and, and, and he, uh, so I'm hoping uh, – I've probably seen what you've seen, too, but I'm hoping it's not that long. (laughs) I'm hoping it's only about three to six weeks, but I don't know. I'm not the doctor, and I'm not there, so that's what I'm hoping. Hopefully, he'll be back soon, and uh, that guy has grit. That guy has uh, a lot of grit, and and, and talk about a Latin player who had to take ESL classes, and that guy is uh, is amazing. He's always with a great attitude. Uh, we always with a smile on his face. Uh we gotten to know him pretty well. So he's a good guy. I hope he comes back soon. I had a an invitation today on uh
2: Twitter, somebody like a radio station in Louisiana. They uh-huh. they wanted me to they wanted me to come on air and talk about the Framber Valdez situation. And uh-huh. right be right before me and you started talking tonight or all three of us got on. Oh, uh, they actually, they actually posted the link on Twitter, so you'll be able to, to check out my seven minutes of fame.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw that. You, re, you, re, you wrote that you were nervous, but there's nothing to be nervous about. You know your stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, Francisco, where can they find you on... Uh, where can everyone find you on Twitter?
0: Okay, and Twitter is uh, F as in Frank, F Romero Astros on Twitter, and then same on Instagram. And so they can look for me there. I'm also on Facebook, but that's mostly uh, uh, family stuff, but it's okay. And uh, But yeah, on Twitter, I try to use it as much as I can. Also, Instagram, but that's where I'm at. F. Romero Astros.
2: You know, before we started recording, I I told you guys, like, maybe I should just let you all do this by yourselves. And I probably should have. But she, you did an amazing job, Michelle. That was very good questions. And I, I mean, like, I, I've talked to Francisco a lot, and I learned stuff about him tonight. So good job on that.
1: Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful to uh, just be able to speak to you. Um, I have the <laughs> utmost respect and admiration for what you've done and uh, for what you've done with your career, and i I'm endlessly impressed, like, definitely i'm a hard worker myself but you make me want to work harder because i mean gosh i feel lazy compared to you
0: no it's been great it's been great and the most amazing thing is that uh, i have not felt like i have worked hard as a matter of fact on the other hand i feel sometimes guilty that i i've had the chance to enjoy what i do and when i see people working hard at, at times before I would ask myself, am I really making a difference in society? Because, uh, you know, I was always in, I was in public health and environmental health and trying to make a difference. But uh, I've gotten to the point where, yes, you know, we give people some uh, entertainment. Uh, we, we, you know, but 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 before I question myself, even if I was working so much, I was wondering if I was contributing to society, uh, you know, but uh, but I have been lucky. I have worked hard, but I have enjoyed every single moment of it. It's, it's, it's been a joy. It's been a great ride. It, it's gone fast, but it's been a great ride.
2: You're talking about hard work and a great ride. Uh, Michelle just joined the podcast about a week ago. Uh, Francisco, I did a show every day after every uh, ALCS game. And he was on the show twice that week, and he was in the car on the way home after calling the game. So he spent hours and hours calling games, and then he gave me his time to come on and talk about it afterwards. So he's a hard worker, and he's also a good guy.
0: Oh, yeah. thanks, thanks for the kind words. But Michelle, good luck. And you know, I need to help. I, I, can be a, if I can be of any help um just let me know and uh you know i'm open to to whatever you guys want to do but um but yeah but thank you for taking us into consideration alex and i and uh, all the guys and all my coworkers it's it's you guys do a good job and hopefully uh all the fans will be uh, in, will be like you and 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 enjoying the astros whether it's english or spanish yeah. but but thanks again for following us we still have who, Michelle? We got a... Uh,
1: we have tomorrow. We have Todd Callus. Saturday. Todd Callis. We have Robert Ford. And Sunday, tell him who we have, Rob.
2: So I've been trying to get this guy for a while. And, and sure. I tagged him on Twitter. And uh, he finally said yes. I guess he had to ask the Astros if he could do it. 'Cause he works for the Astros. But Sunday capping off the most epic week ever is uh Bobby Dynamite, the Astros train guy.
0: <laughs> Bobby's great. I've been up there once. I broadcasted from the train once. He always invites me again, but uh Bobby dynamite he's he's a good guy. And all of those guys are good. And um uh, so it's it's uh it's a good week for you guys too and uh I'll, I'll enjoy listening to the podcast, of course. And, and Robert's great, and uh, Todd is, is amazing. And uh, I feel very lucky to work with such amazing people. So,
2: guys, make sure y'all uh, send in the phrase, let's go to Astros Baseball Podcast at gmail.com to win a shirt from our sponsor, Ram Shirts. And what else can they win, Michelle?
1: They can win a dugout mug. Those bad boys usually go for $70. My gosh, that's a lot of money, at least to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, you could win your own custom mug. You'd be the only person with this mug.
0: Someone's going to be.
2: Mate, mate, Francisco, You can, can he, is he eligible? I mean, he's a guest. He's not part of the show, right?
0: Yeah. I'll sign up. <laughs> so... <laughs> When are you done with school, show what's, what's your major?
1: Uh, I'm double majoring in uh, sports kinesiology and sports psychology.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And
1: so, um, originally, I went into it wanting to... Because uh, I'm a personal trainer, and I work on... Um, you know, I, 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 I'm I just really into fitness, but um, I <laughs> got to... Um, I, when I started a mentorship earlier last year, it kind of just helped me really decide what I wanted to do, and so um, I would love to work as, like, a mental skills coach or um, just help, because I know that how big of a difference just um, having the right mindset could be, because I know uh, it's been said time and time again, uh, a huge part of the game, a huge part of being a good, like, like a great athlete or the elite athletes are, is that, like, a, is that mindset, so... Um, <clears throat> that's what I want to do. <laughs>
0: you know, it's funny you mentioned that. So we were talking about me teaching English to some of the, the players. And so uh, the, the organization loved it when a player was able to really get a grasp of the English language and understand, uh, you know, have a better understanding with the coaches of how they, not that their skills got better, but once they learned a little bit more English, oh, my God, those players turn into, I mean, that uh, good major league players. And and so it's having the right mindset. I think it's part of that. And so it's amazing. Well, congratulations, and hopefully we'll see you succeed a lot.
1: Oh, gosh, thank you so much. That means so much to hear that coming from you, especially.
2: <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Frank Rose, for coming back on again. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> another... <laughs> Another awesome episode. Uh, I ha- I was going to say something else, but I can't remember. So I guess we'll just save it for another time. Uh, uh, what the- I don't know what else I had to say, but I forgot. But anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Astros Baseball.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode.